What I'm going to do at this point in the show is I'm going to tell you a joke, then I'm going to explain why I told you that joke, and then I'm going to tell you a story. How does that sound? All right. Sounds fair enough? All right. Here's the joke. I was watching the news. I was watching the news. This was a little while ago, maybe two years ago. Watching the news, and there was a woman on the news. There was a woman, a civilian, being interviewed, and this woman was angry. She was very angry, and she was angry because she had gone to McDonald's. She went to McDonald's and she ordered a Big Mac, and when she took a bite out of that Big Mac, she discovered it was covered in semen. What? Yeah, what, some groans. I understand, I understand your response. You're sitting here listening to it. I don't understand her response. I don't understand why she was angry for two reasons. One, if you're eating at McDonald's, you've already shown a willingness to shove anything into your face. <laughs> And if you're eating a Big Mac with semen, I'm pretty sure the semen is the most natural, healthy, and organic part of that sandwich. I can guarantee it's the freshest thing on there. That was not processed in a factory, shipped across the country on a truck. No, she ordered, a teenager went to work. Point of purchase, that's fresh. Piping hot. That was the joke. Here's the explanation. That is the most offensive joke I have ever written. That joke has caused four people to get up and complain to management about me. And I'm going to say something here that is very shocking. Buckle up. I don't want anyone to have, be so surprised that they have a stroke. All four people worked at McDonald's. The hell you say? Because that is where we are at in society today. If we are offended, then everyone has to hear about it. We used to be able to square our shoulders and say, eh, not for me, but I just, you know, brush it off, you don't care. But today, we are live in a nation of outrage, where if we are angry, we have to tweet, we have to blog, we have to get mob justice, we have to get everyone feeling our way. That's, that's not a healthy way to live. That's not a healthy way to live. I don't, I don't think so. Look, here's the truth. Everyone is offended by something. Everyone is. I don't know what offends you. I am not up here trying to offend you. I want you to laugh. That said, I might say something that offends you. How you respond to it is on you. Are you going to go whine and complain? Do you want to be someone that lives their life going, oh. <laughs> Or do you just want to go, I didn't like that, and then live your life? I think one of the two ways is more healthy than the other, but you decide. You live your own life. I don't know what offends you. I only know what offends me. I am offended by the big things. I am offended by racism, sexism, homophobia. I'm offended by stupid people with a megaphone. <laughs> and what I mean by that generally is there are celebrities that, that get Twitter followers and Instagram followers, and when I log on to what is supposed to be news, I see celebrity gossip. Justin Bieber's wife, Haley Baldwin, just said, you know, money doesn't buy happiness. <laughs> yeah, okay, maybe it doesn't, but you know what money does do? It takes away worry. 
You are rich. You don't have to worry about paying the rent or the mortgage or paying for your kid's school or if you're going to get fired from your job. Yeah, you're rich. You don't have to worry about things. You can eat organic and do yoga and try and find your inner peace. Money doesn't make you happy, but money takes away worry. So if you're rich and not happy and don't understand that, then why don't you red hot chili peppers that shit and give it away, give it away, give it away now. I will take your money. I might not be happy, but I guess I'll, I bet I'll be happier than I am now. Distressed. And speaking of money, I'm offended by Kevin Federline. Kevin Federline, if you don't know who that is, is the ex-husband of Britney Spears. And I bring him up because he has been in the news lately because he is currently suing Britney. Britney pays him $20,000 a month spousal support and he wants more. Britney Spears pays Kevin Federline $240,000 a year, and he wants more. He gets $240,000 a year, and all he had to do to earn that was to bang Britney Spears at her peak. I would have paid $240,000 to have sex with Britney Spears when she was 22. It couldn't be any worse a use of money than the college loans I took out. The student loans I have, yeah. Look at what I do with my college degree. Hey everybody, I tell jokes. Mm, put that to good work. If I had banged Britney, at least I would have a story to tell. I would have told you all about it tonight. That would have been my Whitman's barbaric yacht shouted over the rooftops. I would have turned those 30 seconds of my life into an entire one hour set. And he wants more money. I am offended. I'm offended by Trader Joe's. I know you don't have a Trader Joe's here. I asked another audience, but I know you know what Trader Joe's is. It is an eclectic grocery store. And they just opened one where I live, so I went there. I went to this eclectic grocery store and I started buying all their eclectic Trader Joe's items. And I took my little uh, basket to the front and I saw at the front where they keep candy. And I like candy. Mm. They have candy bars, and I like candy bars. And I saw one that said milk chocolate, I'm sold, but underneath that, it said peanut butter and jelly milk chocolate candy bar. And I went, huh? peanut butter and jelly candy bar? That sounds delicious. So I picked it up, and I put it on the counter, and then I saw the fine print. Peanut butter and raspberry jelly. No! No! Strawberry jelly! Straw raspberry? Raspberry is the jelly that's supported by Nambla and Isis. No kid has ever said, Mom, can I have a peanut butter and raspberry jelly sandwich? No! And so I pick it back up to put it into the back where it goes, and the guy said, you don't want to buy it? And I said, no, well, strawberry, not raspberry jelly. Nobody wants raspberry jelly. And he said, yeah, I know, but strawberry is an allergen. Well, then people do not have to buy it. If you are allergic to strawberries, don't buy the candy bar. Why are you catering to the minority? There are just a, that's what we do with offended people. If you, one person says, I'm offended, we go, oh shit, can't offend that one person. Even if 99 people are not offended, we, we are catering society to the minority, to the smallest little angriest group. We don't need to do that. And by the way, aren't peanuts allergens? You are either stupid or you're hypocrites. What is wrong with you morons? 
And that is what I am super offended by. Stupidis stupidity and hypocrisy, especially the hypocrisy of what we as Americans are offended by. I'm going to bring up a topic now, trigger warning, because we have to say trigger warning. I am not going to make fun of this topic, so don't get stressed out and worried. Ready? The Las Vegas shooting. The Las Vegas shooting is not a funny topic. I'm not making a joke about it. It was, and I hope remains, the worst mass shooting in America. I hope nobody ever beats that record. It is a horrible record to hold. I don't want anyone to ever beat it. I hope mass shootings go away. What I'm bringing it up for is because there was a picture that went viral during the Las Vegas shooting. There was a man, while the shooting was happening, there are concert goers cowering in fear in this picture, and he is facing Mandalay Bay, looking up at the guy shooting out of his window, middle finger held high, just a defiant pose of fuck you. You can look this picture up. That is how he responded to being shot at, right there. I saw that picture online. You can all find that picture online. But I also saw it on the news, on television. And when I saw it on television, they said, we're about to show you an image. It may be considered graphic. We don't want anyone to be offended. So we've made some alterations. And they blurred the finger. Yeah, you can report on a mass shooting like it's no big deal because they happen all the time. Take your cameras into the emergency room. People are suffering. But a middle finger, ooh, that's scary and bad. You can't show body parts. Because that is American hypocrisy. We are afraid of sexuality or body parts. This is bad. Violence is not. Go to a movie. Violence, PG-13, boobs, rated R, rated R, can't see boobs. That's the hypocrisy that offends me. So those are the things that offend me. Racism, sexism, homophobia, hypocrisy, Trader Joe's. <laughs> now I'm going to tell you my story. I was in Ann Arbor, Michigan, uh, performing at a comedy club there. Uh, like this comedy club, it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It was Thursday, and I was in my hotel, and my phone was charging. And I looked at the time and said, oh, I've got to get to the club. So I looked at my phone, and it said it was charged to 74%. 74%. I remember that clearly. So I go, that'll get me through the night. Unplug the phone, leave the hotel, close the door, start walking to my car. I am walking to my car. I am looking at my phone. Heaven forbid I be distracted by the world around me or life itself. Mm -mm. I have a phone in my hand. I have to look at it. Don't look up. Look down at the phone. Ma'am, I don't know if you know this, but my phone connects to the internet. And on the internet, there are videos of baby ducks. If I don't watch those ba baby duck videos, who's going to? You? I don't trust you. I have to watch the baby duck videos. That will be my Sisyphean task. I will roll the baby duck video rock up the hill over and over trying to achieve zenith. Maybe I will fail, but I will try. So, I am watching baby duck videos when my phone dies. I'm like, what? That's cray cray. You were charged to 74% phone. You shouldn't be dead. So I get in my car, plug my phone into the car charger. I drive to the gig and I notice my phone is not charging. I'm like, well, this is not good. I get to the gig, I ask, does anybody have a charger? My, my phone died. And someone does, and I put, plug my phone in, and I hop up and grab the microphone. I strut and fret my hour upon the stage full of sound and fury signifying nothing. 
Hey, everybody, look at me. My parents weren't supposed to get married, but I was an accident, so they had to, and they hated one another, and I had an unhappy childhood, and so now I look for your attention and approval to feel good. That's all this is. That's all this is. My dad got fired a lot, and every time he got fired, we moved, so I would lose all my friends. So I started to use comedy as a weapon and a shield against feeling human emotions. That's all this is. That's all you saw tonight. When I was five years old, my mom put the family on welfare because my dad got fired again, and she wasn't too proud to feed her kid. No, no, we were poor white, white trash, and that was okay with her, but that made my dad angry, so he yelled at my mom. They would fight over money all the time, and when they would fight, my mom would cry. And I didn't know what to do, but as an adult, my mom told me, when you were a kid and I would cry, you would always find me, and you would say something silly until I laughed which means all I'm doing as an adult is chasing that childhood feeling of making my mom happy. That's all this is. That's all you've seen on stage tonight. So, I get off stage and my phone is still dead. And I say, well, poop. Sorry for the language, but that's how I talk. I say, well, poop. So I go back to the hotel and I open my laptop to see if Ann Arbor has an Apple store. Now, side note, I do not get into the whole Apple Android bullshit. I'm not going down that path. The only reason I have an iPhone is because of my friend Tumor. And we call my friend Tumor, Tumor, because he has a brain tumor and he's going to die. But he kind of has it coming, so fuck him. You know how some people use condoms to prevent unwanted pregnancy? Tumor uses his personality. He avoids sex altogether, that's how he doesn't get women pregnant. They don't want to talk to him for more than 30 seconds. Look, this is the kind of person Tumor is. We went to lunch, look at my phone. It's the smallest, littlest, oldest phone there is. I don't keep up with technology because I don't care. But he saw my phone and he said, what, what is that? What, what do you have there? I have the new Galaxy, what do you have? And I said, me? I have sex with my wife. That makes me happy, I don't care about technology. So I buy Apple products so that I can hold them in his face and go, and he gets mad. Now, if you don't know, Apple has a genius bar in their Apple stores. So if you own an Apple product, you can bring in your phone, laptop, iPad, whatever, and they will look at it and diagnose it for free. Sometimes they will even repair it, even out of warranty. If it's out of warranty, they will at least tell you what is wrong. It's a great service. So, I open my laptop and Ann Arbor does have an Apple store. And so, I try to make an appointment. I start looking like, would you like to make an appointment at the Genius Bar? Yes. What day? Tomorrow. Friday. What time? 3.45 p.m. I'm doing a series of drop-down menus. What are you bringing in? Laptop? No. iPhone? Yes. What is your iPhone doing? Not connecting to the internet? No. Not turning on? Yes. I get this all selected and it says, please log into your Apple account to prove you are you. Like, fair enough. So I enter name, password, hit send, and I get a pop-up. Please enter the text we just sent you, the code, <laughs> to prove your I just told you my goddamn phone was dead! Fine, deep calm blue ocean, deep calm blue ocean, great white buffalo. I get on Messenger with my wife. She's back at home in Iowa. And I say, hey, sweetie, are you up? And she goes, yes, what's up? I said, can you 
log into your Apple account and create an appointment that I will then take. She says sure, and she does so. Now my wife has an appointment in Ann Arbor that I'm going to go to. All on the same page, here we go. Friday comes around, I go to the mall, I'm walking through the mall looking for the Apple store. I don't know where it is. In the distance, in the distance, I see a short little tubby fella with a beard, holding an iPad, and he's wearing a blue shirt. And I think, hmm, he looks like he's never seen a vagina. That's the Apple store. So I walk up to Bilbo Baggins. Side note, the only reason I say that is because I know Bilbo Baggins did not have a beard. I just triggered a nerd. Mm, Bilbo didn't have a beard. Lighten up. I'm offended. I'm going to go complain. Fuck off. So I walk up to this person and say, hi. And he goes, hello. And I say, I have an appointment. He goes, oh, well, let me help you. What time? And I say, 3.45. And he says, name? And I said, Lydia. Because my wife has the appointment that I am taking. I said, Lydia. And he looked at me skeptically and asked, Lydia. And I opened my mouth and outpoured six words I never thought I would say in my entire life. I said, did you just assume my gender? And his eyes went wide. Because Ann Arbor is a very progressive town and Apple is a very progressive company. He thought I was gonna get all white woman Karen on his ass and ask to see a manager. So looking at him, standing there going, for the first time in my life, I felt powerful. I did, I, I felt like a vegan talking about his diet. I felt like a crossfitter telling someone about his workout. I, I felt like a moron saying that vaccinations cause autism. I felt like a social justice warrior complaining about cultural appropriation at Halloween. Man, you shouldn't do that. I felt like a millennial receiving a participation trophy. I earned this. I felt like Harvey Weinstein auditioning an actress in a hotel room. I felt like Bill Cosby giving someone a drink. I felt like an Asian taking a math test. I'm ruining the curve for everyone. I felt like a black man at a Weight Watchers meeting. Hey, one of these heifers is gonna have sex with me. That's what white women do. I felt like a white comic using cheap stereotypes to get laughs from roofs. I felt like a Klan member at a Trump rally. Everyone here is as stupid and racist as I am. I felt like a Jewish settler stealing land in the West Bank to build a house. I felt like a Palestinian who thinks violence is the answer to anything. I felt like a white cop on trial for shooting an unarmed black man. Ain't nothing gonna happen to me. I felt like a member of the media exploiting a police-involved shooting to sow division and fear into the rest of us. Because that's what the media does. Police-involved shootings are horrible. They are scary and they are sad, but they are actually rare. 
But you wouldn't know that from turning on the news because they scream and shout at each one because the media's job is to scare and divide us. That's what they do. They know that fear gets eyeballs. Click, you're afraid. Click, I have to see that. Click, I'm angry. You can't have good stories. You can't have honest stories. No, no, you have to divide us. We are different people, man, woman, black, white, gay, straight, different religions. Heaven forbid we all look at one another and see ourselves. Heaven forbid I look at you and just see someone that might be different politically, but still just wants to be in love, have a job, and just live a good life. Because that's what we all want. But you wouldn't know that from the news. Because if the news actually did their job, they would report truth. The truth is, yes, there are racist cops. Yes, there are racist people. But studies have shown that police-involved shootings are not about race. The single biggest factor determining whether or not a cop will shoot someone is whether or not they are having a bad day, not race. Because cops see the worst of society. They see the worst of society. And there have been studies that show simulations side by side, police officers and civilians. And if there is a simulation that shows, should I draw my gun? Civilians draw and shoot faster than the cop. So maybe our police are trained and maybe we are all afraid. And maybe instead of demonizing the police and yelling at them, maybe we should start a dialogue and say, we are similar. And maybe we should listen to the words of a black man who suffered at the hands of police more than any of us ever will. Because Rodney King did not just ask, can't we all get along? He answered that question. He said, we have to. We are stuck here together. So, I am standing in the mall, looking at the apple and pear. Did you forget where we were? Oh, this, this is a story, goddammit. I am standing in the mall in front of the in front of Bilbo. I am watching a bead of sweat roll down his face and intermingle with his beard and, and pizza grease and Dorito chips. I am feeling as confident as Matthew Roderick getting behind the wheel of a car in Ireland. And I say to him, dude, I'm just fucking with you. Lydia's my wife's name. My phone died. I heard his sphincter release. <laughs> And I went into the store, and they fixed my phone. And that is the end of my story. And if you were offended by anything I said, you are offended by life. And I do not know what to say to you about that, but maybe our big toe, Sergeant Hulka, does. Lighten up, Francis. Thank you.